You're listening to the RNR podcast with your host Richa and Rina. Hello, hi, uh, welcome back to the RNR podcast. Um, this is season three, episode thirteen, I think. That I don't know if that's official, official or unofficial, but we are sort of halfway through the year. So we're yes. almost there. We're yes. almost to 2024. It is June. So yeah, we are technically halfway through the year. Um, so Reen and I have decided that we will be discussing uh, Spider-Verse. Technically, the first movie and the second movie. The second movie has just been released. So, um, you know, spoiler alert, we will be discussing a lot of elements of the second movie and the first movie. So if you haven't seen either of them, we recommend that you do. Um, yeah, so don't listen to this episode unless you've watched it, or maybe you don't care about spoilers, or maybe you'll click out and then come back later. Um, just, yeah, this is going to be, like, a lot of spoilers here. So, yeah. Um, so if you haven't watched it, please leave now. <laughs> um, so we want to discuss Spider-Verse because... The movie is very good. Okay, both the movies are very good, but we, maybe not recently, it's been like a week, two weeks since we watched the second one, and we've only seen it once. Yeah, there, some people have seen it multiple times, but um, we really like it and we wanted to talk about it. Um, so just like a recap, so the first movie, you there's this kid, his name is Miles, Miles Morales. He is of Puerto Rican and African descent. And he lives in Brooklyn. That's like, and he's like 13 in this movie. And, you know, he goes, the movie starts out with him going to Visions Academy. Um, I don't know where it is in the movie. Um, I want to say it's Brooklyn. It is a boarding school, though. So he has to live away from home. Yeah. And, you know, it's like things are a little rocky between him and his dad because his dad wants him to go, but like, you know, he's like, why do I have to leave my friends? And like, oh, yeah. Anyway, it's just like a Spider-Man movie about him, like, getting his powers and like, kind of the multiverse as well. It's, it's like, the first movie was really amazing and that it like really established Miles as a character and as like, his own person, his own spider person. And obviously, in the first movie, we see like, the introduction of the multiverse in like, in in this world because he like there's like five other people who come and they bear their own spider person in their world and they've already established that and now they're here and miles has to sort of establish himself and like he's not really confident at first um yeah like i mean rightfully so because like literally like he watched his spider-man like die in front of him and then he has these powers and no one to mentor him and suddenly like he's meeting all these other spider spider people and like he's like wow you know i mean this bad thing happened but like maybe this good thing happened right but um we really see him like establish himself he becomes confident in the movie and you know we the i guess the whole point of the movie is that anybody can wear the mask right that's like the last line of the movie yeah anybody can wear the mask um and, uh, you know, I keep after watching the second movie, I, I think back a lot about MJ's speech in the first movie and how she basically said that, you know, 
Peter said that anybody could wear the mask, but he just happened to be the one that got bitten. And he decided to be Spider-Man. You know, all he got was, were those powers, but, you know, he decided for himself that he needed to be Spider-Man. And um, in the second movie, it's a different different story. Yeah. But um, I think maybe for individuals who don't understand, like, this movie or, like, know anything, they don't understand exactly why people love Spider-Verse so much. And I think you, and for you and me, it's like, the animation is like really amazing and that's what makes that's for me something that sets the spider-verse duology so far apart from every other like maybe spider-man movie plus animation movie yes i also want to mention that it's very comic book-esque this is the closest like we've ever gotten that like version of maybe comic books to like movies because like all you know animation like live action they don't really have that comic book look and one of the first things people said after the first movie came out is that it looks like a comic book and they weren't trying to hide it you know they had the dots they had the yikes like and like you know all that they had this like like speech thought bubbles you know yes and and like you can see the framings of a comic book and the uh-huh. fact that like in this movie in particular they introduced each character each spider person with a comic book mm-hmm. um and like i think you and i we've talked about this i've seen this conversation on online a lot but you know like the like i i want to okay i want to blame disney for this okay because because people thought that high-end anim- animation, high-end live-action means that everything has to be lifelike. And in my opinion, that ruined animation, that room f- ruined filmmaking, because in trying to make everything so lifelike, you're sort of, you're sort of ignoring this whole other platform on what animation could look mm-hmm. like. Like, it doesn't matter if it looks extremely comic book-esque like Spider-Verse, because I think it works as a platform. Totally. You know? I, you know, I, I'm thinking like one of the biggest examples of what you said with Disney is the Lion King. Like we got a great album out of it, but like, it just like, I don't want to see like lions, like doing like, I don't want to see Lion King like that. You know, it was perfect as it was as an animation, like as an animated movie. And like, I don't know why they wanted to make like a live action movie. It's technically CGI, but yeah. I don't even care. Like it was just, they try to make it look as realistic as possible. And that was the worst possible direction to go with a movie like Lion King. But after the first movie came out, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, you know, a lot of animated movies after that kind of followed in that direction, like Puss in Boots, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they really leaned into that comic book like aspect and i think it revived like a lot of like love for animation as well um puss in boots is different i think yeah. it's it wasn't exactly comic book-esque but it it enhanced its animation style i think mm-hmm. made it because like you know okay let me let me let's think back on shrek first yeah of all. shrek like okay the first one i rewatched the trilogy recently like when i say recently i mean in the last year but like the first one wasn't like totally the best but the second and third one did get better with animation but like pixar animation it is sort of lifelike like i mean you could see donkeys like hairs and pusses like cat fur you know like 
they had to enhance that right yeah make it look good because that takes like you know they had to develop that skill right but I really love the way that they like sort of changed that style up because in like a lot of people say it's because of spider-verse because spider-verse introduced a lot of people to what animation could be and then maybe the animators of Puss in Boots was like yeah why we just do this but for Puss, Puss in Boots make it more for Puss mm-hmm. um, and I think it worked I thought I think they made a good decision I, it did really well in the box office I never watched it but like you know it was I know it was really good that's what everyone was saying but um yeah I mean Spider-Man in the recent movie Across the Spider-Verse I heard that they employed over a thousand animators all over the world a lot of different offices and it took a long time to make the second movie because they had to work with a lot of different elements and a lot of different spider people but it turned out really well and I could not be happier with the results I know so I guess I guess for the second movie now um just like sort of a it's gonna be spoiler heavy I guess but like the fact is that in the second movie you it's like what a year and a half with Miles and he's yes 15, he's, yeah he's 15 years old now he's like he's he's pretty old like you know he's established himself he's like uh he's they call him the second spider-man obviously spider-man number two yeah spider-man number two but he's like you know his city knows him he knows the city like he's um, a native yeah he's the friendly neighborhood spider-man you yeah, know? yeah like he's yeah but um the second movie is when miles is like you know he's trying to balance him like being spider-man plus being like a kid plus like doing his having his own responsibilities as miles morales yeah and it's the fact that he it's he's having difficulty balancing it essentially Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of different indications of this within the movie like pretty early on like um there's this one funny scene where um his mom and dad are waiting for him at this guidance counselor office and like he's in the back fighting spot and like you know he's trying the villain the villain he's trying to get to the meeting but he can't because he's doing spider-man stuff but you know he he tries to leave spot and like try to go to the meeting but then spot escapes so like you know he he's definitely having a hard time like balancing it all and then there's even like other indications of this obviously throughout the movie like at the meeting itself his guidance counselor said like you can't have your cake and eat it too and then he's like unless like there's two cakes and then his dad gets promoted to being captain and he brings two cakes but the cakes get messed up messed up because he's trying to be spider-man um but he can't like but he's trying to be miles morales at the same time and he can't go around swinging while holding the two cakes so yeah um there's a lot of indications of this struggle throughout the whole movie but that was the biggest biggest example for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that this route, like, I feel like we just forgot to mention that the first movie has some of the best writing in it as well. Because the animation is like incredible in the second movie, for example. But the writing, like the way they built the story up and they're establishing each of the new spider people, giving them each distinct personalities, giving the villain a distinct personality. And the way he's connected to Miles, not mm. to mention um, that happened in the first movie as well. Um, also, not to mention, there's a lot of connections between the first and second movie and a lot of foreshadowing as well. Like, 
I before the movie came out, before the second movie came out, I called. I called it. I called. What'd you call? I said that I'm pretty sure Miles, the spider that bit Miles, is from another dimension. You didn't say that, did you? I did. I wrote it online, but I I, I tweeted it though. Okay, but like I also added on to that fact about the fact that like oh he probably doesn't glitch in this other reality where his spider is from, he but does, he does. He yeah. does. But um. But yeah, he, yeah, they definitely foreshadowed that. And then not to mention the spot, he, he was in the first movie. Like, he is like a direct consequence from like Kingpin's like stuff. The, like the bagel, like that's literally like in the spot, he, he blames Miles and like Miles, he's not the one who made the machine. He's not the one who tried to destroy Brooklyn. That's, that's Kingpin. Okay. But the thing, I think the really interesting thing, though, is that, like, the spot, his blame for Miles grows more, like, I think people attribute it to his negative, like, feelings and hatred and things like that. It grows more and more as he absorbs more dark matter. And and it's, like, sort of, like, and when we see him last in the movie, he has more, like, he's completely black, right? Except yeah. for a few white spots on him. Yeah. And that's supposed to indicate that he's more unstable. The he's very unstable now. Yeah, um, yeah. He definitely had a big attitude change from the uh, first part to the last part. And I gotta hand it to the trailers. Like no one really saw Spot coming. Like we all thought he was gonna be kind of a funny villain. He wasn't like 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 miles said we all thought he was going to be the villain of the week and it turned out he just wasn't he was bigger than that he was he was a much bigger part of the plot than i thought he would be definitely because um the whole point of gwen okay gwen goes to miles's universe and you know miles doesn't know it's because she's there to investigate spot but she wants to see miles obviously but you know um she ends up leaving in order to go after Spot, and then Miles follows after her, and then um, a lot of things happen, and then Miles gets to head to the Spidey Teens HQ. What's the official name of it? Um, Spider Society. Spider Society. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and like the reason we get there is because of Spot, and the reason Miles tries to leave is because he knows Spot is essentially going to do something in which his dad is going to die um so it's all like kind of surrounding spot but we don't see him like all the time we just see him in the first part of the movie really and then like stuff happens and then the last part very short like last part and i think i think this movie is so interesting okay first of all we're ignoring miguel but we should really talk about miguel we will we will but because spot is so interesting like i didn't see him coming i know I I think okay so I think like looking back now looking at the trailers the thing they emphasized a lot on is the fact that there's gonna be a lot of spider people spidey people right yes like oh there's gonna be a bunch of people Miles is like gonna they're gonna be after him right we already saw that part of the movie yes but that's only like that's only within like an hour and a half it's like towards the middle end of the movie right? yeah mm -hmm. so so, like, Spot takes up the beginning part of it, the investigative portion of it, where they have to figure out, like, who is he, what's going on, and then Miles establishing what he's doing nowadays, how he's struggling in the first part of the movie. 
not to mention like Gwen started the movie like she was yes. kind of a major part in that first part I was like why are we seeing this not that I don't like her but like it took you by surprise it did I was not expecting it I was like we're seeing someone different like it's not Miles and it's interesting because the first line in the movie is that we're going to do things differently this time right yeah and and later and at the end of the movie you finally realize that this her this movie is essentially her retelling other spider people trying to get them to join her band so they can help miles and that was the whole why she was the one that started the movie because she's the one that had to like kind of realize this have her own character arc um She's sort of synonymous with Miles, in my opinion, when it comes to their story arcs, because she's she's only 16, right? She's not that much older than Miles. And she's also having to reckon with, like, can, the canon events that have to happen yeah. in Spider-People's lives. Yeah. And, and in my opinion, I know, like, I know Miles felt betrayed by Gwen and all of this, but Gwen is also just, like, a teenager, you know? Like, she... Yeah. And the fact is that Miguel, like, Miguel Miguel is the one at fault in my opinion yeah um I honestly like I kind of like I feel kind of betrayed by Peter B because like you know here is Miles you say that Miles is like someone you mentored he's the reason you have your kid and like and you're seeing the way that this guy is targeting Miles like you knew them supposedly Miles is um an anomaly and I don't know I just like I I just don't like how Peter B acted like Gwen I can like she Gwen is a teenager like she was being misled and she was scared too like because her dad is Captain Stacy like of like whatever like police forces in her universe and you know like you know her dad like kind of turned this, on her. turned on her decided his job was more important than her being spider woman and like yeah she's scared she was and then like she saw these two spider people and was like yeah i'm gonna go with them because they're my people but then she gets there and it turns out hey it's not actually like that here and you know um yeah i don't know she was just going through a lot and i i i, I feel bad for her um honestly but peter b is an adult here like he has a kid he has a wife his home life is a lot more stable than it was before miles met him okay and yet he still went along with it. Like your your his his character in this movie is like he's a dad, right? Mm -hmm. And the point of being like a parent is that you're supposed to want the kids to have it better than you, right? And yet he he allowed he he was okay with these bad things happening to Miles for what? Hmm? Like I I don't I don't get Peter B in this movie. I think maybe it'll be explained in the second movie, like Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is technically the third movie of the series. Yes. Because um because in like certain flashbacks backs of Miguel's past, like especially when the universe his the universe okay, first of all, let me talk about Miguel because I gotta talk about Miguel yes. before I talk about Peter B. Parker. But like yeah. Miguel, he's such a villain. Like, I mean he's such a and when I say villain, I mean, like, the most Batman-esque of the spider people. Like, he's, like, he has his gravel, like, Oscar Isaac did great with the whole, like, almost impersonating Batman. But, like, obviously, Miguel's his own person. Yeah. But he's, he has his, like, 
rough dark voice that's like like he's so serious like when miles was like trying to introduce himself and call miguel tío like you know uncle miguel like sort of like didn't react to it like he he was kind of too serious right he um didn't respond really well to miles he like he had to explain to miles about how like you know i essentially replaced my dead selves my i i went to a different universe where i died and replaced him with me and essentially took over his life and he thought that was equivalent when with miles trying to save his dad yeah i don't get that um i don't know how people could join this and not see him as a villain like that's my thing with peter b because he kingpin kingpin in the first movie is trying to do what miguel did but the difference is that miguel succeeded whereas kingpin kingpin failed but the problem is that miguel failed too because the whole universe he was in collapsed it like disappeared right and 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 then he chases after miles and it's just a whole mess yeah it really is the reason why i wanted to talk about miguel before talking about peter b parker is that in that flashback where miguel is like the the alternate dimension he was in collapsed peter was there apparently and so some people have been speculating that this was maybe the earlier this was an early portion of the spider society like maybe a like when it was first becoming a thing and peter b parker joined right yeah that so that's interesting yeah so it must have happened before but i'm confused because did it happen before the first movie or after the first movie i'm thinking after the first movie right yeah um was he actually there or i thought i thought you could see him there because he's like reflecting on that as a father but like if he was actually there then that raises a lot more questions because Mm -hmm you know why was he there like when did you join when did the start like is that why peter was so friendly with miguel like i don't i i think it would explain a lot of things and it would also explain why peter first of all did sort of chase miles but didn't attack miles but wanted to bring him aside but also didn't stop miguel which i thought was a bad idea but you know whatever yeah yeah I yeah I was confused but But, um, yeah they'll explain that like in the next movie I'm hoping yeah but okay I I do want to talk about the other spider people yes because they brought a spider-man india bravat bravitra Mm -hmm. I don't know his last name yeah it's like a let's talk okay he is amazing I he was so refreshing like yeah. And, like, I thought he was so interesting because, like, first of all, his clothes were definitely nice. Um, I saw a comparison between his clothes, clothing design and this movie compared to his comic book self. Major improvement. Like, just, you can see his personality in the outfit. And just the way he fights is, like, so different but so uniquely him. And then second, like, Miles has been Spider-Maning, like, for a year. Bob has been doing it for six months and he's like being Spider-Man is so easy like isn't that like isn't that so like interesting that that is that energy is what spider people need I feel like spider people have sort of a sad story and Bob he's just having a good time I saw this meme where it was like uh, he doesn't know the horrors yet 
like he in like the the section of the movie that we saw you know miles comes in and things are happening and stuff and you know a lot of things happen and there's a scene where Bob is having to make a decision between saving uh captain singh and then saving his girlfriend who's in this bus full of people that's falling off the bridge um and he decides to save his girlfriend but then miles comes in and saves his um girlfriend's dad um his name is captain singh right yes yeah and you know it would have been a tragedy if that happened to him like yes. and he would have been filled with he would have been with so much guilt and the thing is that the spider society would call it a canon event you know gwen wasn't gwen wasn't gonna help him okay mm -hmm. let's get that right gwen wasn't gonna help him but she got the notification that a canon event was gonna happen miles doesn't know this and goes in and saves him um and you know yeah um and how would his personality would have changed a lot he would have been like I don't know, like, difference. And I just don't like that. Like, why did it have to happen to him? And why didn't... That's... I'm so conflicted about Gwen because, like, I she's a teenager, but, like, you're okay with this happening? Like, that's a version of your dad, technically. I think that if you really look at it, like, maybe if you look at the nuances, maybe her way of letting this happen is her way of also letting her dad, like, you know, face this reality too maybe canada event too but um but i think this whole movie is like sort of an explanation about how not every spider person has to go through the same thing yeah have to experience all the same like hardships and suffering because a set that has essentially become a spider-man story like you have to suffer like that's what makes spider-man spider-man because he always yeah. they always continue to be the friendly neighborhood spider-man that they are mm -hmm. but i think that in i don't know it was just so bob is such a great character first of all i just want to point that out and i think miles is a great character because yeah. he's 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 been a spider-man for like a year and a half and he did watch his uncle die right but he's still like he still wants to save people right and miguel is like you know I'm not like these other Spider-Man. I don't always enjoy what I have to do. And I'm like, you know, you know, part of being Spider-Man is also enjoying what you do. Because if you don't, then what's the point, right? Yeah. Why do you have these spider powers? Also, if you're, if you're not saving these people, then, well, being Spider-Man or being a spider person means that you can't just stop trying. Like, you know, the all these other people can say that they tried to save them they tried they actually went after them and did that but how can you how can you just tell miles not to go save his dad like not to even try you're going to keep him trapped in that dimension in order to avoid saving his dad so he doesn't even get to try and also there's so many things wrong with miguel <laughs> like his his like the way he projects the way he thinks like what he did is equivalent to what miles is trying to do in the fact that like he says that peter parker in miles's universe wasn't supposed to die if that's the case why didn't miles's universe 1610 why didn't it collapse like you know and why didn't earth 42 why didn't that universe collapse without a spider person like why i mean why don't we go back why didn't why did the spider bite miles in the first place right yeah and like you know, people like 
for example, Miguel and Jessica Drew, like, they sort of, like, okay, Jessica, I feel like, is just sort of following Miguel, but, like, Miguel, like, he's, he's just, he thinks that it needs to be, like, this one-dimension thing because he was the one that ruined a different dimension, right? Yeah. And now he thinks it has to be this way, right? But it doesn't always have to be this way, which is why I enjoy Hobie Brown's character a lot. 100% Hobie Brown. He, I wasn't really expecting him. Like, I, I don't think I even saw him, like, saw the trailers he was in, if he was in any at all. No, I don't think so i think people because when daniel kalua who voice acts um hobie brown when he was like when it was released right i didn't know what to expect right because um hobie brown is i don't know how many comics he's in maybe not that many but i mean when he came in the movie it was great yes um he really took me by surprise i wasn't expecting to like him so much i guess because i didn't know him at all but he really came in like um halfway through the movie i i believe and blew us away like and also like in the movie in the movie like when it first starts like there are a couple mentions of hobie but um so miles is like feeling kind of weird not sure what to expect maybe a little jealous we don't know and then he comes in and miles is actually like pretty impressed with hobie later on like he's like how are you so cool underneath that mask I was this cool the whole time yeah and like you know and Hobie like he he was so refreshing because while everyone was trying to further Miguel's agenda um Hobie was out here like I have to protect my drummer meaning Gwen and he was really trying to help Miles like it was nice knowing that not only did Miles have his parents in his corner Hobie was also in his corner as well like giving him advice like use the palms of your hands and like when he was trapped in that um thing that miguel made yeah he he was like indicating like use your palms and then he quit the minute the chase started um he was like i'm out of here yeah he, like, like he threw miguel's watch right yeah yeah he but, threw it and yeah. then he walked through the portal but he made his own and then you know was like oh if you once you get out like this is for you and yeah i just i just loved his character he was he's spider punk he was definitely punk like they they weren't trying to make him edgy like he was actually like a rebellious like teenager like going against authority and like in this case miguel is that authority he's the dictator of the spider society like the head the big brother or whatever i don't know he like miguel like you sent me this but someone said that like miguel technically created a cult right because because first of all, Bob didn't know about canon events, even though he was he had already joined the Spider Society. Let six months, by the way. Yeah. Only been six months. I'm not aware if Hobie knew about this either, but Gwen knew about this, right? And she is technically close with Miguel and Jessica Drew. That's why they let her leave the universe and go to Miles's universe to investigate a spot, right? But then she took advantage of that and went to visit Miles, even though she wasn't supposed to. Um and so, and then once she broke a rule of some sort, she was forced to leave. She was exiled, right? Yes. And that is a very cult mindset. Yeah. Um, you ostracize people. You keep information uh, only within the inner circle. And, like, none of that is good. Also, I saw a comparison of Miguel to, like, a head of a corporation. You know, oh. like, like when the, when 
in Bob's universe when after Miles saves Captain Singh, you know, this the dark, the dark like matter, dark matter, dark matter for, starts forming uh on the ground. And then, you know, Hobie's like, oh, this is a this is a metaphor for capitalism. <laughs> Which was funny, but like, you know, maybe, maybe it is. <laughs> like, you know, he has a point. Um, yeah. what if this is Miguel's doing? What if he's like he you know he is technically the anom he's technically an anomaly like they talk about miles like miguel's right there yeah that's true like what if like miguel's the one who's like doing all this like he's the mastermind um you know he's smart enough to jump dimensions create these devices all that you know what if he's the one who's like putting the dark matter there and like making it seem that you know if you don't follow the canon events this is going to happen to you as an example that's interesting um i guess we'll see next year yeah i'm just i'm just putting things out there but like i mean it's just very suspicious i don't know yeah um i want to talk about the animation of the second movie um so they like you said before they had thousands of animators across the world working on across the spider-verse and i want to talk about bob again because because you talked about around the world and i want to mention that specifically I saw online that the reason why Bob moves a little differently from the other spider people is because he's using a specific martial arts that the oldest martial arts in the world that's that's still technically in use in India, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very like flat-footed, like lots of wide movements with the arms and then wide movements with the legs, but like you're flat-footed. Yeah, most of the time. And that's exactly how Bob moves. So they had to look at this. They had to investigate this martial arts and incorporate it with the movie. Not to mention the voice actor for Bob. His name is Karen Sony. Yeah, he was in um he was in Deadpool. Yeah, he, he played the, the cab driver. Yes. Um, he said that like in one of the interviews I was watching. I think you told me this first, but I watched the interview too. He said that like, you know, they like they had to call him up and tell him like you know, come into the writer's room, please. Like, we just aren't finding the specific jokes for Bob, right? And they, and like, Bob, first of all, Bob is incredibly funny. Um, And and part of that is because the jokes that the, he tells about, like, oh, the amount of traffic there is in India. Oh, the British stole this, this and that. And then the Jai D, Jai, you know, the whole, that whole joke. Yeah. That is a very, like, specific joke for, like, obviously in a spider-man india right yeah um obviously we're not indian but like we are south asian right and this is a thing that most south asians would say yes it, um, it it made sense and it was very funny yeah so the fact that they did that i thought was really amazing and um just the blues in bob's world the red like it was just his his hair like <laughs> yeah mean, his hair very just very good animation just very good animation and very different from the other spider spider people. Yeah, the most um, the most out there was definitely Hobie Brown though, just because like he there's some parts where he was like newspaper cut out, other parts where he was like, you know he was colored in, but it was like different, like sketchbook like um, and you know, based on what the animator said online, they like, the speed of which hobie the hobie's like outline was like between the guitar his body 
his like movements outside of his body like they were all different to make him look like kind of uneven and yeah because his whole presence disrupts the space he's in yeah which i thought was very smart like very punk what did they say it was like they had to do like his guitar in twos like two frames per second and then like his outline three frames per second but then they broke the rules sometimes like you know um which is really amazing yeah. detail i looked at the replies of that and it looked like the person they couldn't really say it but um, they actually had to create like a new tool in order to create hobie it took like three years just to create him <laughs> like like you know a majority of the years that it took to make the movie it was just hobie brown that t- and he only appeared halfway through the movie not to mention also that big chase scene with all the spider people oh, yeah. like that was so like yeah. that took a couple years too apparently great great scene uh but my favorite scene was when the four spider teens were saving um bob's like hound that was my favorite scene it was good it was yeah. a good scene mm-hmm. um yeah it was really good and like i think maybe the one last animation detail I know I read somewhere was that like you know Miguel mm-hmm. he has construction lines on his face and someone mentioned how like it's really interesting that Miguel has construction lines on his face because another villain who has that is Spot obviously and it's really interesting that Spot and Miguel both have construction lines because they're both grappling with sort of these sort of these evil let me just say evil bad like actions right they both have construction lines maybe maybe miguel isn't very certain about like his what he's doing his whole mission the way he's chasing miles you know um and and as you know as spot progresses and as spot accumulates more dark matter he changes in his appearance right he his appearance changes a lot oh yeah and so because he's now He's not just like a cow, right? He's not just a Dalmatian. He's now establishing himself as a very big villain in the next movie, hundred um, percent. And not to mention the next movie, uh, we leave off with Miles in Earth forty two, which is not his universe, because his universe is sixteen ten. When they scanned his spider DNA, as we said earlier, his spiders from a different universe, and the machine took him there instead of. To his own universe and we are met face to face with a now alive uncle aaron and another version of miles who is prowler um brooklyn is not really being brooklyn at the moment not miles our og miles uh brooklyn anyway and yeah uh jeffers uh what's jeffrey his, jeffrey he died um, Miles is there. Yeah, I'm assuming he it happened the way the vision was in the movie. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Um, we haven't really gotten the story, but yeah, um, where in the in the beginning of the movie where we saw Uncle Aaron's uh mural, mural we see um uh, Captain Davis's mural. Um, and that was like I I mean, not that it wasn't weird. Um, but that was like kind of the biggest indication that oh this is definitely like not my universe this is not the same good universe that we're used to yeah um I feel like like now looking back 
there's a lot of indications it wasn't his universe yeah because like first of all the color color is different the coloring of the like they a lot of references in the back when miles is swinging to get back to his like his city is his um back to his room like they make a reference a lot of references to the the six villains or whatever the cartel six or something the, yeah the like sinister they, six essentially sinister six yeah they it mentioned like um elect electroid electric yeah i forgot but they mentioned like you can tell this universe isn't as progressed because like they have 2g phones yeah which is not great and and then in the movie itself there's scenes with Gwen and then there's scenes with Miles and yeah. it's so amazing the way that they made it look as if Gwen and Miles were in the same universe but in reality they weren't in the same universe and when they both realized it they weren't in the universe that they needed to be first of all Miles not being in the universe he needed to be Gwen realizing Miles wasn't in the right universe like they both yeah. got the spider sense the spider yeah. thing went off that was and that was so good that was like and the mu the way the music like kind of sort of progressed and there was like a crescendo of some kind it was crazy good yeah um they really get you and then like it hits you all at once like miles is not where he needs to be um and obviously like it really hits you when like his mom is like spider-man like who's that like i don't know spider-man like you you know there's scenes early in the movie where she and jeffrey talk about spider-man like is he puerto rican is he like who what's his like ethnicity oh, and then miles is like i th- i heard he's cuban yeah that was hilarious yeah um so that was oh, no, like, dominican dominican um and you know you know she knows who spider-man is but this one did not know and that's like that was like really he really worked himself up to say that and like it wasn't his mom like anyway i feel bad like I yeah that know. whole like he really worked up the cur- he's been working up the courage the whole movie and it wasn't even the person he wanted to say it to yeah um and his dad in his universe is dead and like he's really he's pleading with like uncle aaron with his other self uh like I, want, I need to save my dad and they're not letting him go like and you know I it, cliffhanger we don't know what's going to happen next but I you know I've, we've watched theories where they actually might not be the bad guys but if they're not letting him go I'm doubtful of that I don't know all I know is that the spider-verse movies are the best thing ever they're my favorite movies ever I don't think I'm exaggerating either like I think when we were doing, I we've had a previous ranking video, right? Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure I put down that Spider, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was my number one. I think, I don't know if it's above it or below it, but I'm definitely going to add across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse is going to be number one for me, but I, I think I put Black Panther like number one for that list. You know, just because like we were there in person, like um yeah it was a whole experience just going there and yeah. seeing it on a, like that opening weekend yeah. um but yeah uh great movie like yeah, just... i just i just can't there was no end credit scene but they they had the title card and that was like anticipation is very high 
and like this movie changed my life as in like it changed my it's like it's so interesting as a story it's so compelling and i know one of the complaints of the movie is that like oh it's like it's too much of a sequel but i think it works as a standalone too because because by itself it like it has its own arcs it has its own like progression of story it's mm-hmm. not like so it is a sequel right because there's a lot of foreshadowing in the first movie but then there's so much to this movie across the spider-verse that it's not it's too limiting to say that it's only just a sequel when i think it works by itself too i did see a complaint saying that this was just a build-up of the next movie because that's where the real like stuff is gonna happen but that's not a bad thing like there was so much just within this movie itself there was actions there was mystery there was like there's a lot of compelling like obviously like you said there was we had we saw Gwen's full arc within the story and you know that um we got we got that it was it happened within this movie sure you know there's going to be a next movie but that's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing to be a build-up we knew this we knew there was going to be like a second part to this story um and you know I'm not mad about that you don't have to like it but like I loved it it's just such a good movie it's just like really good I think the amount of time and effort that everyone put into this movie they put into the first movie I'm pretty sure they've already put into the third movie like it's just amazing right these are people who care about the story that they're trying to tell and i think they did such a good job in trying to tell miles's story yeah um there's a lot of like meta like references and stuff like that about like canon events and about how miles he in the in the video game in the comic book um he's really in the shadow of peter parker um and you know i really like seeing him shine in these these movies and he doesn't and he doesn't really have canon events and like you know things happen differently between the movie between the comic book and between the video games and seeing that they're kind of making references to that and the fact that like you know you there's no such thing as canon events and you could just just do your own thing just create your own story i think that's such a lovely message to take away from it um and I just can't wait to see the next movie. I know the next one's going to be the last one, which is kind of sad, but all stories need to end in order for it to be great. We don't want another supernatural like <laughs> show thing going on. So yeah, I mean, I look forward to it. I just can't wait. Um, Let me just add on to that and say that it's nice to see people let something end. You know, not that not that the story itself ends because... I think I think fans this is where fans come in where they like do their own thing they maybe make their own stories they like they have their own fan art of like Miles and you know maybe a future Miles what he could be as Brooklyn Spider-Man but letting the official work maybe like just end naturally because like this arc this part of his story has now come to an end I think is really good for the storytelling because Okay, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't shade them, but I am going to sort of shade the MCU. Because um, they don't know how to let something end without killing someone. 
like Iron Man or like Black Widow. Oh God, Black Widow, my God, that was not good. But like, they're not very good at ending things naturally, right? Because because they've established this sort of universe where everything has to be connected. And so, so now everything's sort of fun. It's like just a little messy, right? And maybe it's a good thing that in No Way Home, I'm talking about Peter now, he's sort of by himself and now he's going to join the Sony verse or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Maybe I'm... We'll see what happens. I, I don't really trust Marvel's writing at the moment. Um, but we'll see if it's actually a good thing or a bad thing. I'm yeah. I'm in the team that maybe it should have ended um, with No Way Home. Maybe it should have been better, in my opinion. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll I mean, see. apparently Tom Holland got the script recently. Wait, really? For Sony, like his Sony... Number Spider four. Spider-Man number four. He got the script. And apparently um, it's fine. It's good. I don't know. But there's a writer's strike going on. I don't know how he got it. Okay. I don't know. Um, I I don't know how he got it. It's probably not that good, honestly, if the it's, writer's strike is happening. It's probably, like, pre-writer's strike, if we're being honest. Yeah, maybe. But, like, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, Spider-Verse, such a great movie, such a such an, enjoy an enjoyable experience. I'm really looking forward to whenever the third one gets released. You know, whether it's delayed, whether... It comes out next March 29th, like they said it would, like, whenever time, whatever time they want to release it, I'll accept it. You know, it's going to be great. I already know it. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, but yeah, this has been another episode of the Arnara Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye.